Welcome and you are listening to another episode of KeepTheChange.co.nz's Money Mail. It is exceptional to have you tuning in and listening and welcome to all of the people who have recently found Keep The Change. We've gone past a massive headcount of people listening which is very, very exciting to see and I'm glad that in these tough times you are choosing to learn something about your own finances. Now if you've been listening to the podcast that Mikey and I put together you'll notice that we put together a couple of podcasts around winning lotto. Now, as you can imagine, Mike and I are not big advocates for relying on winning lotto to be your financial security and your financial future. You're probably better actually to take that money and to invest it and compound it over time. But let's not get into that. What we did do is we discussed what we'd do if we won $20 million of lotto. And then we discussed what you'd do because a lot of people on Instagram left a comment or left an answer in an answer box to say what they would do. So we did a podcast about what we'd do and discussed some different ideas. And then we read out what people said they would do. Now, there was something quite striking in what people would do. And I thought I would share it as a money mail and discuss it and dig into it a little bit deeper. And I know that not everybody who listens to the podcast actually reads Keep the Change as well. So I called this one in week number 153 as we close in on three straight years of a money mail every single Friday at 9am. Admittedly, I've been late the odd time and some of them have gone out at 1pm or 9.15, but I've got on top of that issue now anyway. Uh, but we haven't missed a week for coming up three years. So it'd be cool to celebrate week number, I guess it would be 156. Any leap years in there? I don't think so. I think there might be an extra day next year. Might be 29 days in February next year. But anyway, we have to worry about that then. So... Closing in on three years, we call this one, So You Won Lotto, Ha, huh? in week number 153. A few weeks ago, I asked people what they would do if they won $20 million in lotto. So that's what we're talking about here, $20 million. There were some interesting answers from the naughty ones to the really well thought out answers. Mike and I recorded a podcast to read out some of the answers, so you can check that out if you do want to have a look at it and you haven't listened to it yet. It's quite funny. The overwhelming response from homeowners and mortgage owners was that they would pay off their mortgage. Naturally, a pretty common thought, right? Now it got me thinking about how we climb and scamper over ourselves to get onto the property ladder because for many of us we hate the thought of paying someone else's mortgage. You know that's what a lot of people say right what's the point of paying someone else's mortgage you might as well be owning your own property or having a loan to a bank but that's what we say. So we say we don't want to pay someone else's mortgage so we're itchy to get onto the property ladder and I get it and we've done podcasts speaking about that before. Now getting into home ownership usually requires a mortgage and we must bring grudgingly pay this as well because that's why so many people are saying well I'd pay if I won 20 million dollars in lotto I'd just pay off my mortgage straight away so we're probably not overly stoked about paying a mortgage too right like who has a mortgage that's like yeah I love paying this every fortnight or every month you know no one right and we don't hear people say well who would pay all that interest in those bankers staff salaries right I think that as interest rates have gone up and go up a bit further like the average rate is only about four and a half percent across the entire country's housing debt so it's still not even anywhere close to the floating rates of around 8% or even rates you could lock in around that 6% mark. So I'd imagine that that average may increase. But as we see averages around 5%, we might have more people going, fuck, that's a lot of interest to pay. What's all that about? You know, Why do I work so hard to pay so much interest? But as rates have been lower, it's been more fashionable to say, well, you know, why, why wouldn't you just buy? You know, Why would you pay someone else's mortgage? when realistically a high portion of people's income after tax now is literally just going to be going to the bank to pay people's salaries, to pay the staff, to pay for their lunches that they have, to pay for their inefficiencies, etc, etc. But 
That's the world that we live in and that's what we choose to do. We choose to swap our money for property because normally we expect that it's going to increase over time and that's exciting for us and we feel like we are winning at the game of life because we're becoming more wealthy on paper. So why would we pay all of that interest to those bankers and those bloody staff at those banks, right? Shout out to all the people working at the banks. I don't say this. Come on, guys, chill out. But no one says this anyway, right? You know, but we do about rent. Yet if we were to be given a large stack of money, the first thing our brains tell us is we should pay off our mortgage. Well, maybe this is due to a guaranteed return on paying off debt. I was trying to work out what, why do people say this? Why do they say that that's the first thing they want to do? They're so excited to buy a home, but they need a mortgage to do that. But if they got given a lot of money, they'd like, pay off my mortgage. It just seems weird. So I don't know. Is it because people want a guaranteed return on paying off their debt? Is it the trap that we feel by the regular repayment? Or is it really the goal of being mortgage-free? I assume for each person it's going to be different, but I'd imagine that a lot of people, their goal in life is to be mortgage-free and to get the bank off the bank, uh, off the bank off the back. And I've spoken to someone as recent as last week, and they paid off their mortgage, and they said to me, fuck, you won't believe what the feeling was like to make that final payment and say, hey, look, you know, we're, we're mortgage-free, get your security off our property, we don't owe you shit to the bank. So it is a pretty big goal for people, right? So I think that's what a lot of people are doing. They are going through life, trying to pay down their mortgage, and if they were to receive a large sum of money, instantly they're like, great, let's, let's pay it down. But with $20 million sitting in the bank, surely things would change. And that's realistically what this lesson is about. So we could quite simply offset our mortgage so that we don't pay any interest on our mortgage and then use the interest income after tax from the remaining money to meet our mortgage repayments. Now let me step you through this. So what the fuck is an offset mortgage to start with? Well basically we would be saying to the bank, hey we've got debt but we want a banking product whereby we can offset our mortgage because we've actually got a stack of cash sitting in this bank account so we don't want to be paying any interest to you guys because we don't need to be, so you'll have a product where you'll have your debt on your property still, but you will offset that by the fact that you'll have funds sitting against that debt, and that won't trigger any interest. Now, people will do this often at the moment. They may have um, be coming into some money, or they may have uh, large payments that they get, or I've got clients, for instance, who use offset mortgages because they've got large amounts that they need to pay for tax, but until it's due, they'll offset their mortgage, then they'll transfer it back to their business, and they will pay off their tax, but in the meantime, they've decreased their interest exposure. So if you do have access to money or large sums of it, it can be good to decrease your interest expense, but obviously most people don't, right? So then we don't think about this stuff because we haven't put ourselves in the position to actually think, okay, I've got to start thinking like a $20 million bank account person. So we'd be asking firstly for, this is just one scenario, we'd be asking for an offset mortgage so that we're not paying any interest and then we're going to earn some interest on all the other excess cash that we have. So let's say that we get a 5% return and you can at the moment, turn deposit rates are actually higher than this on $19 million and we've put a million dollars aside to offset the mortgage and yes, this is way too much, Okay. Because the average mortgage in New Zealand, I think, is around $450,000. So putting a million bucks aside, I'm just showing you with simple numbers how, how this would work. You put a million bucks aside, and you're offsetting your entire mortgage, so you're not paying any interest expenses, and you've probably got then some buffer by the time you've offset that mortgage to be able to spend some of that cash if you wanted to too. And then you decide, whack, 19 million bucks into a term deposit for a year, and that is going to give you a $950,000 income. 
Well, welcome to the top tax bracket because you'll be taxed 39% on the income above $180,000. So think about that. If you had $19 million in the bank and you got a 5% return and a term deposit on it, prior to tax, it's 950k of income. Oh, a baby. So you'll be paying tax at 39 cents on every dollar above $180,000. So because you're smart and you've been listening to Keep the Change, you'll be thinking, well, why wouldn't you just use a pie fund? Because didn't you teach me that the pie fund tax rate caps out at 28%? So wouldn't I be better instead of getting a term deposit to get a pie term deposit? And that's actually going to save me some tax because the top tax for that's going to be 28%. So I'm only going to pay $266,000 of tax on my $950,000 income, aren't I? And that's going to leave me with $684,000. So you're going to save quite a bit of tax by using a pie term deposit rather than a normal term deposit. And that's the sort of advice that I'd imagine a financial advisor or the lotto financial advisors would give you. But you make 5% on your $19 million, you pay your 28% tax on that interest, you've got 684 Jeezys coming in throughout the year to spend. So after year one, most people could pay off their mortgage with the after-tax interest return from locking the cash up for just one year. The average mortgage in New Zealand, like I said before, is around four hundred dollars to $450,000. So that's $684,000, $684, which is your after-tax income from your 5% return on your $19 million, would be enough to clear most people's mortgages in New Zealand. So at the end... Of one year, you'd still have your $20 million and you'd be mortgage-free as well. Now, I'm not saying that this is the best thing to do or what you would do. I'm just showing you how you'd have to learn to think completely differently and how if you won the lotto, you'd need some time to become the person with $20 million instead of using the skills you have at present. Because, of course, we just default to, well, I just pay off my mortgage, like you beauty. But this shows you, well... You could use interest to pay it off for you, and in one year's time, you'd still have your $20 million. So instantly, it teaches you, shit, I'd have to think completely different. And when you understand this concept, you can apply it to other areas of your life. Now, someone once said to me, how much income would you like to earn? What's your goal? And I said, $400,000. And they said, who do you need to become to make $400,000? And I thought, fuck, no one has ever asked me that before. What does that mean? But the concept is, who do you need to be to manage the $20 million if you win lotto? Or who do you need to be if you want to make $400,000 of income? So for all of us, with the goals that we're looking to get to, we've got to think about becoming a different person who, from who we are today. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Now, plot twist Well, actually, firstly, remember as well, because I know that people will be like, yeah, but property just keeps going up in value, and so, you know, um, you might as well just pay it off and just be done with it, and you can go and get some more and stuff. Future governments, of course, are going to inflate away debt by printing more and more money. Well, that's what we've seen in history, so you'd assume that's going to keep going, but you just never know. Maybe we get to the end of that cycle, but you would think that your property is going to become worth more and more, so you might want to hold on to it, or you probably end up selling it and going and getting an even bigger property as well. But remember that future governments are going to inflate away debt by printing more and more money, and in 20 years' time, houses will most likely be worth more than they are today. Now, plot twist that we're getting to, you're not actually going to win $20 million in lotto, right? So, yes, I know, I suck, boo-hoo, sorry, but let's stop daydreaming, and let's think a little bit differently. 
So for most of us, we won't get to learn these skills as we'll never have $20 million or we won't have it liquid in our life. But it is fun to think about, right? And everybody loves to dream about winning lotto and what they'd do. But this is a good example of how if you actually did, you'd want to learn how do you become a different person. Now you wouldn't be able to go and ask for advice from most people because they wouldn't be used to managing $20 million. So you'd want to be trying to get information from people that have $20 million. And that's where you can see that concept around be careful the people you surround yourself with and go and surround yourself with people that are further down the path than you so you can start to see what they do, like how have they become that person and you can see who you need to become if that is what you'd like to do. And it could be in sports for instance, maybe you want to be really good at sport, you want to go and model what somebody's already doing in that space to ensure that you could get closer to your goals that that person is already achieving. But if we come back to our mortgage piece, why not aim to pay your mortgage off faster than you currently are? Have you used a mortgage calculator to see what an extra repayment does to the lifetime of your loan? Now, I do this all the time. I jump onto the ASB loan calculator online, and I don't even have a mortgage. And I just look at it because I just think, wow, this is amazing to see the value of repaying money. So I use the example that you've got a $500,000 loan at an average rate of 4.5% over 30 years. So I've tried to average it out and think, okay, what would an average rate be for three decades? And that gets you through the swings of up and down, right? Now, many Kiwis have a spare room in their house. If they had a border and made an extra $400 in payments per fortnight, they'd shave 11 years, seven months off their mortgage. 11 years and seven months off of your mortgage if you could pay $400 extra per fortnight. If they had a side hustle and made an extra $200 in payments per month, they'd shave four years, two months off of their mortgage. So nearly five years. That's $200 per month. If they found a way to make $1,000 extra per month, remember we can't forget tax as well, so it's after tax, and use that for payments, so basically twelve grand a year, they'd shave 13 years and one month off their mortgage. Of course, we need to do this every single month, but it just shows you the power of thinking differently and how can I get some extra income to then decrease my mortgage? Because maybe, just maybe, you're not going to win lotto. So just because you took your loan out over 30 years or maybe it's 20 years, whatever it is, surely that doesn't mean that that's how long you want it to take to repay it. Surely not. So use these mortgage calculators to get yourself excited, to get your brain trying to find new answers for you. If I had a mortgage, I wouldn't be spitballing about paying it off by winning lotto. I'd be exploring ways to make more cash to get the mortgage off my back faster. Now, this is probably why a lot of people don't contribute to KiwiSaver because they then just go and pay off their mortgage rather than contributing to KiwiSaver. But why not, as a challenge, do both? Why can't you contribute to KiwiSaver and try and pay off extra off of your mortgage to speed up the repayment of that loan as well and decrease the length of it. Now, in New Zealand, of course, we don't teach people that. I've been reading article after article at the moment to see what's going on in the financial literacy space, and it's just the same shit. Oh, monitor your expenses, have a look at your subscriptions, like all that stuff. It's good because it's reverse compounding, so of course, those things are going to chew up your dollars. But I can go through expert after expert and column after column, and there is next to fuck all about practical ways to actually increase your income. Most of it ends up sort of finishing with 2% of the article saying, well, you know, you could look to try and increase your income. But 99% or 98% of the content is always about, well, just, you know, try and see, figure out if you can do a budget, decrease your expenses, um, maybe speak to your bank, 
And there's no, okay, well, what about the people that are hungrier than that? What about the people that want to get ahead faster, that actually want to decrease the time at which it's going to pay them, uh, take them to pay off their loan? You know, the only answer is increase your income, pay the tax on it, and then whack that off of your mortgage, and then get excited by the fact that you're going to be sooner to get to the point where you don't actually have a loan. But no, in New Zealand, we don't teach the people that. We don't teach them about making more money. Instead, we scare people with misunderstood concepts such as secondary tax, and we people think, oh shit, I'm going to have to pay way too much tax, so I wouldn't do that. And we tell people to have work-life balance. Well, isn't that just a myth on its own? I don't think going to work for 40 hours a week at a minimum to keep your house has a lot of balance to it anyway. But I mean, it's a nice concept that we can sort of sell people into, people into and say, oh, you know, just be careful how much you're doing and stuff, when realistically, people don't have much balance in their life anyway. They're trapped by their mortgages. We don't talk in those terms because it's way too scary and way too confronting and people wouldn't like that. So we've got to get real at some stage and go, well, actually, what's the reality of me paying off my mortgage? How am I going to do that? Am I going to wait to win lotto or am I going to figure out ways that I can increase my income to get after it? And we've all got that in us. Like I've given three different examples here and most Kiwis, like a lot of Kiwis have an extra room and if they could get a border in, they could easily increase their income and then start to pay off their mortgage faster if they chose to. But of course, we only do these things when we want it bad enough. Now, once again, like last week, focus on what you can control. And that's a big theme at the moment. And it's always a theme with these Keep the Change podcasts. You're more likely to control your own income and mortgage repayments than hoping for a win from the bloody lotto. Now, if you did, gee, she'd be a bonus, but you want to make sure that you get some really good advice. Reminder, at the end of this month, I'm sitting down to record a webinar with James Blair from Lighthouse Financial to ask about all things financial planning. There are 700 people registered already. You can register too if you'd like to see the recent money mails and there's a link in there if you can't find it, sing out. You're one of over 7,250 recipients. Please put something on your social media if you want to help this get in front of even more people. That would mean a lot to me. Did you know? You probably will because I made a, a reel about this recently. A billion dollars in profit was made by poker machines in 2022. That's the highest since 2003. So a lot of money going through the pokies, even as we approach a time when it's getting harder. But perhaps that is because people are hoping for a win, much like we'd hope to win lotto. We're trying to get our hope by playing these machines to see if we can get the jackpot, etc., to give us that excitement because it's getting tougher out there. And this billion dollars in profit doesn't even include the casino pokies. So it would be a lot higher in this country. Now a percentage of this money ends up back in the community via grants. So you can say that pokies are disgusting and all that sort of stuff and that's, you know, you could be well be right and uh, I'm not here to say what is right or what isn't right but when you drive around this country and you look at netball courts that have amazing asphalt, when you look at uh, the uniforms that young people get to wear, when you look at all sorts of different things just around every single community, you have to understand that a lot, well not a lot but some of it a high, a high amount of it that you would have no idea about is actually funded via the grants coming through those pokies. So, yep, we could ban it. We could say we shouldn't be able to do that. Uh, but, you know, you would find that a lot of sporting organisations and stuff would be then clambering for different ways to try and find income streams. And maybe that's just the reset that we need, uh, but that is not my role. That is not my job. But uh, we we'll often read things about how, oh, you know, there is, um, you know, the pokey's really bad and stuff. And, and yes, no doubt cause a lot of harm. However, the, the way that the system as such in that space is set up, 
is that a large portion of that, well, I wouldn't even call it large, to be honest, uh, ends up back in the community in some way, shape or form. But of course, on the way through, they get to charge operational type fees and different things like that and to run them and stuff. So a big portion of it doesn't end up going back into grants, but some of it does get used for grants. And that's the same thing with Lotto as well. And the same thing with um, the TAB and people betting on racing and sport. That then goes back to run through the TAB and keep that business going. And then the profits then go back into the different sports so that is sort of how gambling is set up in New Zealand but that's a pretty big amount a billion dollars through the pokies in the 2022 financial year well no calendar year it'll be very interesting to see what goes through in 2023 as disposable income squeezes up it's been good to tune in with you yet again week number 153 I hope you are looking after yourself in these crazy times out there we'll see you in another episode of keep the change money mail